Welcome to the podcast for St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a church with a mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ and a vision for becoming a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith that is centered in that relationship with Jesus Christ. So glad that you would join us today. I am D.A. Bennett, pastor here at uh, St. Andrew's, and the other pastor, (laughs) the woman that is my friend, my colleague, and always has on really good shoes, Pastor (laughs) Stephanie, how are you today? I am doing great, and I know you're doing great because it is baseball season. It is baseball season. You're living a good life. It is a a good life because uh, my son is getting some playing time, and that's always good, and he's playing well most of the time. Yes. Uh, so th- that's exciting, so uh, but you know, I'm out in the sun and I'm, I'm not getting tan and I, uh-huh. I noticed you have a little more tan uh-huh. oh, than, yeah. than I do. Have you been outside? <laughs> I've been outside a little bit, but you know, we, we girls have our own secret powers, secret methods uh-huh. for secret getting tan. Methods of tan, which I have to tell you, I have, I do this thing where I, uh, usher in each season like okay because I like the seasons I sure. don't necessarily have one favorite like that's part of why I do enjoy living in Oklahoma I really enjoyed Kansas because you really got all four seasons all four mm-hmm. but the way I usher new seasons in is I you know you get out the new wardrobe for that season oh. so you start pulling out the sandals when it starts yeah. getting warmer and you know the the t-shirts and the fun things like that but um I've done that a little too early this year because I keep wearing sandals and it's still really cold outside I, I was gonna ask uh two questions number one uh-huh. was when the blizzard hit last <laughs> month had you had you already you know prepared for the coming season uh, well uh, yeah in my head I had and and that's what Oklahoma does to you you think yeah you know what's going to happen, and then it does. All, totally all four seasons in one, one week, day, right? Or one day, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, so the other question is uh-huh. because inquiring minds want oh, to I'm know. Oh, I'm sure they do. So when you're uh, getting out the next season's yeah. clothes, I mean, do you like have them organized by? By color and uh, you know, you know, I, how organized how is organized your preparation? I, that that's the nicest way I can think right. of to ask the question. Well, it is a very important question. I used to be a closet organizer of colors only because if you would ask my husband when we first got married, and then the, probably for like ten years after that, I only wore solid colors. I didn't wear patterns oh, of anything. No so plaids, I, no, no florals. No, it was like a cardinal sin to have a. Pat- pattern of, of a shirt, God forbid, <laughs> in my closet. In fact, I didn't really notice it until when, at one time Phil was like, I don't think you have any shirts that have patterns on them. I'm like, of course I don't. Why would anybody have shirts with patterns on them? And now I have broadened my horizon. So it's a little bit harder to organize the closet by color because uh-huh. when not everything is a solid color, you run into a really difficult problem. So, so I do so, have that. So your patterns were your accessorizing, and I'm, I'm noticing your earrings oh, yes. right now. So uh-huh. that's how you would bring out yes. textures and colors right. and, and all, all that yeah. stuff that I know nothing about but <laughs> can impressed. carry on a reasonable <laughs> yes. conversation. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm, we're, we're glad I, I speak on behalf of everybody listening that there's more diversity in your clothing <laughs> in palette closet. than there, there used to be. Oh, good. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out a good way to 
use that to segue into our topic. There is no for good today. way. <laughs> uh, that that God is a, a God of diversity, and um, we're going to loves patterns. We're, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about godliness a little bit. But <laughs> let me recap where we've been. This this series has been about uh, the this scripture in Second Peter where he mm-hmm. says, "Add to your faith," or another translation says, "Supplement your faith." We we understand that we that faith is enough to save us. Right. Faith is the hand that reaches up and receives the grace God gives to us. Yep. But in addition to our faith, then how do we live our lives? And to the first century Christians that were often persecuted, mm-hmm. and they were the new kids on the block. They were the new kid getting beat up in school by right. the the bullies. And he's saying so in to avoid the corruption of the world and to participate in the divine nature of God. Add these things to your faith. The first thing we looked at was goodness, Mm -hmm. which uh, we defined as moral excellence and how it is we don't want to settle for moral mediocrity. We want to live lives of moral purity. Uh, And then knowledge, uh, knowledge not of things, but knowledge of God and coming into full relationship. And then add to knowledge Mm -hmm. self-control, which is different than self-discipline. They're probably cousins, but having the ability to control ourselves. Uh, And then last week we talked about an add to self-control, patient endurance. Most people would call it perseverance. But uh, when you're the new kid on the faith block and you're getting beat up, it would be easy to say, forget this, give up. But no, you got to hang in there. Mm -hmm. And so just following that scripture, it says, and add to your patient endurance, godliness. And so we want to talk about godliness. And, And one of the things that we looked at was how... Jesus was born into a culture, kind of the religious climate that we pick up on in reading Mm -hmm. the Gospels, is that Jesus was born into a culture where it seemed about going through the motions. Mm -hmm. You know, stand on your right foot, stand on your left foot, kneel, Mm -hmm. stand up, raise your hands. It it, it was a form of how we did things. And John Wesley, in starting a, a Methodist movement, said his biggest concern about Methodists is that we would become an affluent people that had a form yeah. of godliness mm-hmm. and rejected its power. And as people were coming to faith in Christ in the Wesleyan revival, receiving the power of God for both saving us mm-hmm. and sanctifying us, mm-hmm. holiness, you know, yeah. taking on godliness was a big thing. Yeah. And so the question I would pose to you today, and this is really just your opinion, mm-hmm. is, you know, where do you see the danger today of people of faith, people of Christian mm-hmm. faith, having a form of godliness, yes. but not necessarily experience the fullness of the power of God? I think that this is one of the most profound statements that has ever been made, ever. Because... That means by Wesley, not by DA. Right. <laughs> Right. You have made your share, fair share of profound statements. I just want to be clear. That's I'm sitting there saying, that makes me sound really good. I probably ought to clarify that. It, it would not be godly of me to just right. sit here and soak it in. So anyhow, I, I'm sorry. I crack a joke and you were making a serious point. No, it's just, it's so true. I I actually was recording another podcast earlier today, uh, and we were talking about this very same phrase. And, huh. you know, the, the interesting thing to me is that godliness is, tr- I, I believe, truly the idea, uh, and it's more than an idea, but it, but that's the only word I can think of to use for it, is, is the reality that God calls us on to perfection, uh-huh. that we are not just beings meant to be um, justified. We, we are. We are justified by grace, and which means that God has washed our sin clean from who we are. We couldn't do it on our own. He's forgiven us. We are redeemed. 
but we're not beings that were just intended to be justified. And so many Christians just stop at that. Right. And they do not they do not take on the true hope of Christianity, which is that we can actually be godly. And that means, you know, the big word is sanctification, that we're moving toward perfection, we're moving on to holiness. And I find it so sad that in our culture, and we've seen this, I think, overseas in Europe, even before it happened here, is that we we have watered down the reality of the gospel message and this part of it, that we are called to be like God. And so many people would say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm just, I'm just a mere human. I can't be good enough to be like God. Well, that's not true. That's not what Jesus said. It's not what God has shown us through scripture. You know, we have a call upon our lives to allow God to make us like himself. And I think that comes along with a lot of uh, surrender on our part, which I know we'll talk. We're going to get to that minute, minute. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that <laughs> I think I've said this before on the podcast. But my dad used to always say, "Because yeah, he, you say that a lot." <laughs> I do, I do, I do. And my dad said, "Because you always want to quote wise Your people." Your dad was a wise man, He's indeed. A very yes, very very wise man. But he would always say that if Christianity was a hymn, that the verse that the Methodists sing is about sanctification yeah. and Christian perfection. That's the thing that that called us out, that made us different from some of the other denominations that came along. And sadly, we have strayed from that because in order to uh, preach sanctification, what we have to preach is we have to preach against sin and we have to preach the reality that we can actually live lives that are free from sin because God made it so. But that doesn't go over well in today's society because people, they, they don't want to go there, number one, because a lot of us don't want to deny sin. But number two, a lot of us just don't believe that it's even possible. And that breaks my heart. I think there's so much truth in what you're speaking. I'm actually sitting here going, yeah, what, what you're saying about you know, missing the sanctification process. I think that's what all these things we add to our faith is yes, is doing. doing. It, it is leading us mm-hmm. in a, a path of sanctification. Mm-hmm. But I also think one of the reasons that we experience the form of godliness and reject its power is because it's not just that people don't want to deal with mm-hmm. sin and call sin sin. It's they want to say that sin is acceptable. Yes. That you know, in, in our cancel culture, yes. you know, let's let's just cancel sin and whatever's good is good for you. Mm-hmm. And I can't judge that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, we we're not wanting to call out people Mm-mm. in the sense of you're bad, you're evil. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what we mean when we talk about sin. Right. This is a struggle that I have. It's very real in my life. Mm-hmm. I know you mm-hmm. would confess Absolutely. that. Yeah, I think any true believer in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ would say, yes, this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And and I get to the point that when I sin, and it's the same sin over and over again. I think we talked about that a few weeks ago right. on the podcast. Right. Uh that I would want to give up. Yeah. But no, I've got to have that patient endurance mm-hmm. that God's spirit is still at work in yeah. in me to bring me into this form of godliness because the power of God works in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, the definition that we are offering for godliness actually comes from the New Interpreter's Bible. And it defines godliness 
with three things that we want to kind of unpack a little. The first is godliness is the attitude of honoring God. Mm -hmm. It is acknowledging God's authority mm -hmm. and obeying the will of God, which mm -hmm. is a surrender that, mm -hmm. that you just mentioned. So mm -hmm. let's talk about honoring God. I, yeah. I, I know I gave a few illustrations of that in the sermon, but, mm -hmm. but when you think of honoring God, yeah. how, how does Pastor Stephanie Greenwald, <laughs> no, let's just take the pastor out of it. How does Stephanie Greenwald yeah. seek to honor God with her life? I love that question, and and I actually want to come. I will come back to it. I promise. But one of the things I've noticed about this uh, definition is the amount of times it says God. Mm -hmm. And when I think about godliness, and and then this will tie to how we honor God. But when I think about godliness uh, and being like God, the problem I think that people run into in believing that oh I can't really be like Him is that we're focused too much on ourselves. Well, the definition is all about God. It's yeah. about honoring God, acknowledging God's authority, and obeying the will of God. And I think that's sometimes where we get tripped up is that in godliness, we we need to change our focus from ourselves and the checklist of what we do and what we don't do to focusing on God and who he is and how he lives in us. And, and when I think about the Jewish culture, you were talking just a moment ago about the climate that right. Jesus was right. bo born into, you know, then that climate, it... For the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it was very much about their checklist. Checking the box, yeah. exactly. And they got caught up in the... Um, and in, in really what God had told them to do. I mean, it weren't bad things. They no. were trying to abide by the law of God, but they lost the power. They had, yeah. they had a form of religion without the power. And that's why Jesus came to say, let me show you what it looks like when you have the power of God, when you are like mm, God, mm, mm. right? That's good stuff. Well, it's good. And, and I think, too, that that is where if, if our listeners get tripped up in this idea of adding godliness to your faith of being like God, that then take the focus off of who you are. It's not about a checklist of what you do and don't do. It's about who God is and what you will allow him to do in your life. I like that so much because really when we talk about honor and acknowledgement and obedience, we're talking about this is how we relate to God. And, yes. and because of who God is, yes, this is how I'm going to relate to yeah. him. Pardon me, by taking the focus off myself <laughs> yes. and putting the focus on God. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, if people ever wondered, am I just doing the talking or does God speak to me in the sermon? Yeah. I will say at this point of the sermon, God was speaking to me because I talked about how, uh, like at the Academy Awards, mm -hmm. you know, somebody wins the award and they get up there and the way they honor people because they know they didn't win that award on, on their own uh -huh. is to name them, you know, yeah. thank the director, the producer, yes. my agent, my family, you know, whoever yes. it is. And, and that honors them by naming them. And when I said that, I'm like, yeah. so yeah, honoring God it's not just acknowledging and, and saying that, you know, God helped me do this. I mm -hmm. mean, I, I think that is right. there. But but to name God as the one who is the source of all I do yes. and all I am. And when I am at my best, it is because I am lifting up mm -hmm. the name of God above my own yes. name, above any other name. Yes. Uh, that's one of the ways we honor God. Uh -huh. and, and I find myself thinking, you know, that, that's how I can relate to it, and you've shared how you can relate yeah. to it. But there are other ways that people can yeah. honor God. I yeah. mean, uh, honor God with a song. Honor God mm -hmm. with a dance. Mm -hmm. You know, honor mm -hmm. God with uh, an attitude yeah. that says God above all things. Yes. I love that because really it, it is about pointing towards him. It's about pointing other people towards him so that when when you speak, you act, you think, you, you do – Instead of people 
saying, oh, that's Stephanie. No, I point them towards him. And, mm-hmm. and that, I think, again, goes along with this idea of surrender, which we'll talk about when with uh, obedience here in a minute. But honoring him still has that same idea of surrender. It's saying that I will... I will place him first, which is always a funny phrase to me because he's already first. (laughs) Like you don't have to place him there in order for him to be there. He's already there. You're just acknowledging and agreeing with what is already true. And that is that he is first. He is above all. And, you know, we can think of the 10 commandments, you know, honor your father and mother. And Mm -hmm. how do we do that? And I think one of the ways that we honor our parents is to acknowledge their authority over us. Yes. Uh, Mom and dad are in charge. Uh, they they get to set the pace, and they're trying to do what they can to yeah. raise a child to be a respectable mm-hmm. person, a godly person, yeah. to use our word of the day. Yeah. And so uh, the the second part of godliness that we looked at, it is, it is acknowledging God's authority. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was thinking of, and I didn't put this in the sermon, but, but it occurs to me now, is how do you know when somebody's in an authority and how do you have to respect that? Mm-hmm. For instance, right now, um, you can go into a business, and this is changing from businesses all over, right. but some of them will have a sign posted on the door yeah. that you must have a, a mask or a face covering yeah. to enter here. I, w- I went to a baseball game today, and when I walked up to you know buy my ticket, yeah. it says, you must have a face covering or a mask to buy this. And... I had a, a gator on, yeah. you know, keeping right. that. The woman behind me in line didn't have one on. Okay. But they didn't say, oh, you've got to go you yeah. know, put a mask on <laughs> or anything. Sell this to you. Yeah. And, and so, what was the, is that what authority means? Is it just, oh, you just post what you expect mm-hmm. uh, and, and go there? And the answer is in scripture, we read God's posting. Right. Here, here's, here's, here's what I expect. Yes. But him posting that is not what makes him. The authority. Mm. I mean, he, he's the authority because right. of who he is. Right. But we have to acknowledge that mm-hmm. um, in in different ways. Yeah. The thing I also thought about was, and again, didn't say this in the sermon. Sorry, I feel like my thoughts are kind of random oh, right no, now. Oh no, that's good. Is um, if, if there's an incident, say at, you know a grocery store or yeah. a restaurant, and somebody needs to settle this, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden somebody walks in and they're wearing a blue uniform mm-hmm. and they have on a badge Mm -hmm. and they have a gun Mm -hmm. we don't question their authority right you know Mm -hmm. and uh it's like if this is the person that's now in charge Mm -hmm. then i better listen to what they say Mm -hmm. so (laughs) this all gets taken care of very easily and so we acknowledge the authority of a a law enforcement officer right exactly Uh, and this is how we begin to take on godliness that is not just a form but truly has power is when we acknowledge and live in Mm -hmm. God's authority over our lives yeah I love that you know it's really it's it's the idea of submission like because you know when you acknowledge that someone has authority then you decide whether or not you're going to live under that authority or try to rebel against that authority and it reminds me so much of the the story of the garden of eden Mm-hmm. Because, you know, God had already placed himself in a position of authority. He created everything that, that there was there. And then Adam and Eve chose to submit to a different being's authority. Right. And the thing I think that's important in that story, in that lesson, is that whoever we submit to 
uh, has power over us. Like we have the we have the choice to submit, and then we, then that means they have power over us. But it has lasting effects, right? Just like it did in the Garden of Eden, where um, when they chose to submit to Satan's authority, it, it has it has very long lasting effects yeah, into all of eternity. Still messing with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I just think that as as we personally think about that submission in our own lives and the acknowledgement of his authority, that we need to remember the kind of lasting effect it has in our lives. And that's something that I think we need to teach our kids as well. Because as adults we understand consequence because we've lived it. We've right, had experience right. with consequence and damaging consequences and good consequences. But kids and and students, they youth, they don't have enough experience to know that some choices result in a in a very long-lasting consequence and I think that's important when we talk about submitting to the authority of God is that that has the the longest lasting consequence in your life I actually read an article just yesterday that talked about uh, how younger people that that ability to anticipate the long-term mm-hmm. effects of decisions we make yeah. they, they can't do that because the frontal cortex of their brain has not been developed uh-huh. and and that really doesn't hit till you're about 25 wow you know <laughs> and I, i'm going Ooh, Ooh. I, I don't know if i like that i'm not sure that i want to agree with that uh-huh. which is am i willing to acknowledge the authority yeah. that produces study right exactly uh, and yeah. so uh, we, we can have the right attitude. We, we can have the right knowledge and say, mm-hmm. yes, I acknowledge this. But a lot of people with the right attitude and the right knowledge still make the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. And yeah. so that's why I think the final part of this definition mm-hmm. is so good that we must obey the will of God. Yes. And, and part of what I love about this, and mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, you, we've been teasing with surrender and you yeah. know how we need to do that. Yeah. But it's not obedience to the law of God, Mm -hmm. even though that Mm -hmm. is part of God's will. But what is the will of God and how do we obey this? Because this was one of the things Jesus bumped up against and and why religious leadership, you know, began to despise him is because he was saying, oh, you you know, you're you're trying to honor God and you're trying to Uh acknowledge God by saying, here's what we know. But you're missing the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so obedience becomes the action. It's not just mental assent mm-hmm. to these things, but again, it, it involves the fullness of who we are, body, yes. mind, spirit, emotions, yes. you know, all of this, that we have a powerful mm-hmm. godliness yeah. when we are obedient to God's will. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, when I think about obedience, I always think about my favorite author, Sandra Richter, who... Um, who wrote the book Epic of Eden and mm-hmm. its uh, overview of the Old Testament. But she talked a lot in there about um, that in the Old Testament, obedience and love are pretty much synonymous. Right. Which, is, of course, is why Jesus quoted Scripture saying, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Right. And I think that's so important because um, obedience is, in today's society, I don't think it's very well accepted. And, and that is very sad to me because, again, in, in America, we are so focused on um, uh, gaining traction for ourselves. We're so focused on being number one. We're so focused on being in leadership. And we think that we have to be 
uh, we, we shouldn't submit to anybody. We shouldn't have to obey anybody. Because, because we want to be our own authority. Our own authority. Yeah. Exactly. And we want to determine truth for ourselves. And the truth is that there is no relative truth. Truth is absolute. absolute. <laughs> and so, so many people try to, to make it relative. But um, when I think about obedience in terms of being synonymous with my love for God, that if I love him, I will obey him, then that's the starting point. It's not that I obey him to earn his love. Go. Right? <laughs> no, yeah. It's that if I love him, I obey him. And, uh, you know, the other interesting thing to me that came to mind when you were talking just a second ago is the story of the uh, the guy who was laying by the the pool. Is that right? Pool of Bethesda? Yeah. Is it that one? Yeah, I think that's right. I don't Where, have anybody to throw me in the water right, when an angel excuses. stirs it up. Yeah. yeah. And th- but then Jesus says to him, he says, stand up pick up your mat and walk. And I love it that Jesus says those three things, but I specifically love it that he says, pick up your mat. Because then in the passages that follow, that's what got the guy in trouble. The Pharisees were like, hey, you can't carry your mat mat on the Sabbath. Sabbath." And then the guy's making excuses again. Well, Jesus told me to do it, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I, but I love that because you know, that was intentional on Jesus' part. He could have just said, stand up and walk. He could have right. just said, you're healed. Your faith has made you well. He could have said any of the things that he always says when he heals people. But instead, he specifically told him, pick up your mat. And I love that, that at times when, when God calls us to do something, sometimes it doesn't always make sense. And sometimes God's rules that we are to obey may not always make sense in today's culture, in today's society, in certain people's minds. It may go totally countercultural to where society is going. But... But God still says to do it. To do it. And I love that. And and specifically in this passage, it opened the door for Jesus to deal with the Pharisees who were only focused on the law and not focused on what God was actually doing through the law and through his love. Right. And again, I, I, I just love the idea that, you know, the man's faith, Jesus said, do this. Mm-hmm. He, he, yeah. He, he's obedient he to it. He did it. He, was, he obeyed uh, it. And, and he was supplementing his faith that, Okay, Jesus said I can do this. Hey, I can stand. Hey, I can walk. Yeah. Uh, how 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 can I uh, you know figure out the rest of this? Yeah. Well, supplement your faith. Yes. And here's what you begin to supplement your faith with, and and just always want to keep us focused. That it says that when we supplement our faith with these things, mm-hmm. that we avoid the evil corruption of the world, yes. but also it allows us to participate yeah. in the divine nature of, oh. of who God is. I and, love that. And so th- this is so good. So you have yeah. any closing thoughts? Or? Well, I just, I just appreciate you doing this sermon series. I think it's really fun to dive into each one of these different things that he asks us to add to our faith. And, you know, I, I know, too, that for our listeners, because I know it's true in my life, so I know it will be true in yours as well, that when you add, when you really do focus on these things, you add these things to your faith, you are going to participate in the divine nature yes. of who God is. And when we become more like God, then the world is blessed because the world needs more people who are like him. There's way too many people that aren't. So when we get to uh, partake in his divine nature by being like him in a world that needs him so desperately, it's really a blessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Well, friends, uh, again, we're glad to have you join us for this week's podcast. Next week, we will be going on to the next part of what we would supplement our faith with, and that is that we add to godliness mutual affection. Uh, Currently, we are getting ready for uh, Easter services and 
we uh, are anticipating some potential schedule changes, but mm -hmm. uh, for this Sunday, if you're listening prior to Palm Sunday, we have an 8.30 traditional service, and then we have a 10.50 contemporary service. Both those in the worship centers, masks are still required at this point. And in between those, we do have Sunday school classes for children, youth, and adults. We would love to have you join us for that. Uh, the Easter schedule will be changed up. We can give you a, a peek and let you know we'll have four Easter services. Two will be on Saturday. Two will be on Sunday. We'll give you more details about that next week. Of course, we'll also have a Monday Thursday uh, experience. Stephanie, why don't you talk about Monday oh, Thursday, sure. Good I'd Friday? Love to. So Monday Thursday, we are going to have a drive-through communion option for you since uh, we're not having a service that night, but we'd love for you to come to the front parking lot of the church. You can just drive through, stay in your car. You can bring your own elements, just some bread and some juice, or we will have some things here for you if you do not have those with you. And Pastor DA and I will be there to partake of communion with you. But then Good Friday, we will have an online-only service at 6.30 uh, that really is just going to be a special time of reflecting upon uh, the, the last night that Jesus was on earth before the crucifixion happened. So I hope that you will join us. You can catch that on Facebook or on YouTube. And uh, it's going to be a very meaningful week. I'm, I'm always excited about Holy Week. I hope that you all are uh, taking the time to reflect. You're taking the time to give thanks and taking the time to uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ with someone else. We're so glad that you've joined us for this podcast and we're going to look forward to seeing you next time. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe that'll work for you. God bless you.